Hello, and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We are your host, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dolman. This is episode 305. At the end of last week, Parker uh, brought up a, a YouTube video that uh, had recently released um, that neither one of us had saw, but it had a kind of a um, uh, an interesting title. It was definitely very clickbaity. Yeah, it's a, it, it is clickbaity, and uh, and so it's something that we both were like, okay, we're gonna watch this and then and then comment on it if if there's something there. And what's interesting is a lot of people I've been noticing have also watched this and be like, oh, we have to, we have to talk about this because there's stuff to talk about here. So so the title of this video is the big misconception about electricity, and it's done by uh, Veritasium, which. Veritasium is a channel that does a whole lot of like uh, science and some engineering and, and physics based videos that have some really cool. Uh, well, it's it's very well produced and uh, a lot of times it's really well thought out. Most of the time it's really well thought out and a lot of uh, a lot of content that's just like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. It's really interesting. So this video, the big misconception about electricity is basically talking about Effectively, it's set up as in uh, one of those everything you thought was wrong kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And it deals with our realm. Realm. (laughs) Yeah, I like that word. I was was thinking about a a cool word for it, but then you said realm, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually perfect. Well, okay, so it it deals with with circuits uh, and, and specifically the transmission of energy uh, in in any electrical circuit mm-hmm. so uh we'll have a link up to it i think that at, i just looked at it earlier let me see here uh it currently has like seven and a half million views so it's not an insignificant video there's there's quite a bit of people watching this so the basis of this video is talking about how energy flows in a circuit and um sort of the the ideas around that and so this is a these are the concepts that are that are put in this video or or presented in this video. I want to come out and just say like there's no big misconception here. There's no big new thing that's being presented here. Uh and and um this is all stuff that we have learned in electrical engineering. In fact, in if you go to college for electrical engineering, this is actually some of the first stuff you learn. Uh, before you go and do the stuff that everyone thinks is electrical engineering, you start with what are uh, the fundamentals. So the interesting thing about this video is is in talking about how energy flows in a circuit, it's not as intuitive as you think, or and and it's not as or as basic simple. As you think. Yeah, or as simple, right? Yeah, I think that's so, a better word instead of intuitive. The concept of energy and i'm choosing that word very specifically because that that's the key word there is is energy um energy doesn't necessarily or doesn't flow through your wires in your circuit that's like the basis of what this video is going at now there's a lot more in this video and there's there's a handful of other topics that are brought up there but effectively uh the 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 concept of this video is talking about or trying to make you come to this revelation that like everything you've been doing with circuits is wrong or everything you've thought about circuits is wrong. It's like the energy doesn't actually flow down the wires. It flows in this like magical space realm around everything. Space between spaces. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, sure. Here's the thing. What is said in this video, there, to my knowledge, nothing is actually wrong with what's said. Yeah, nothing is false in this video. Nothing is false. Right. Uh, so yes, it is, and and like I said, if you go to college for electrical engineering, in fact, I w- I would actually make this argument: if if you go to to college for a uh, honest to god EE degree, uh, this is one of the few things that is actually different than if you go to college for an ET degree. That's engineering mm-hmm. technology. Um, d- uh, electrical engineers spend time in the physical academic world whereas engineering technology uh i'm sorry not physical physics uh world is is what i'm going to but engineering technology students tend to go more towards like we're going right towards practical 
Uh, so most engineering, uh, double electrical engineering uh, coursework starts with the fundamentals and all your physics and mathematics classes where you learn about electromagnetism and you learn about uh, like EM fields and you learn about pointing vectors and you learn about how energy uh, flows in uh, the EM fields. And then you promptly stop using that because you you go into the more practical world of things and it's not to say that any of that is wrong but i i believe what uh what we're what what's really misleading about this whole video that's even has misconception in the in the title is that it's like veritasium's trying to teach you something that they've been lying to you about like this big like like big electricity is not telling you the truth about <laughs> yeah you know like and no that's that's not true like yeah everything that that's being said in, in edison this video, was really a lizard man right yeah lizard be <laughs> like this is all correct but there's reasons why we don't immediately go to thinking about circuits in this way uh and and most of those reasons are we have found simpler ways to conceptualize what happens in a circuit that still gets the end result that we're going for and uh and allows you to kind of bypass these more academic and difficult concepts uh or 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 more like fast track towards the answer that you're going at mm -hmm. so yes in a lot of ways thinking that energy flows down wires is incorrect from a physics standpoint it's useful to use it that way it's useful to consider it that way and and that sort of boils down to the biggest gripe i have about this video like this is it's funny because like this is one of those videos where everything is right and i'm still like uh i don't like it uh because i think it, it, the clickbaitiness of this video drives towards like you're going to click on this because I'm going to reveal something to you that like nobody knows, but now you will because you've clicked on this. Um, and sure, fine. That's cool. Like it's fun to blow people's minds in that sense, but you also need to have in a video like this, you need to have justification as to why we don't talk about this on a regular basis. You need to say, but you know, although like this is the, the truth of how the world actually functions, in practice, we don't do it this way because it's unbelievably cumbersome. And uh, the times that you actually need to really unlock or utilize this knowledge of how things actually work are, tends to be edge cases. Uh, whereas you like your everyday engineering, your everyday circuit circuitry, even the wiring in your house, you can accomplish it by thinking about it in terms of energy flowing in wires. Uh, and it makes things a lot easier. It also makes things a lot easier to work with people who don't have that knowledge. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of have a gripe about like considering this to be some kind of like secret unlocked thing that didn't exist before this video. Um, so Parker just watched this video before the episode. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So my, my big thing is it's, how there's an example at the very beginning of the video where it's you have a light bulb and a battery and then one light second of cabling connecting all of it together so that when you flip the switch what he's what the presenter is trying to uh instill in your mind that an electron would have to when you flip the switch an electron would have to travel a light second away from the battery around a wire bend and then a light second back. Right. And, and he's like, and, he, and, and there's like a list of like choices of like, you know, half a second, one second, like one divided by C, which is light speed. Right. And all these other things. And there's like none of the above. And, and at, and he asks the, the uh, person asks, what would your answer be? And write it down. So at the end of the video, we could, you know, you could learn something, right? So I wrote mine down when I said, I put in quotes, instant. And then I actually wrote down my explanation too. Cause I had, at this point, I haven't even watched the video, right? I 
wrote down my explanation in the practical way. Why it's instance. Because a lot of people would say think when you turn on the battery, the, le- the, the electricity has to flow all the way through the wire and then into the light bulb and turn on and then all the way back around into the battery, right? Whereas it's very interesting. We had a very similar discussion of this, of like AC current and DC current and how it works on a fundamental level where an AC current, how, do, how does work get done in an AC current? Because the electrons are just jiggling on the wire, right? Back and forth. <laughs> and whereas DC, you're like, okay, it's like you can think of DC current as like as as a water hose, right? Because everything's flowing one direction, and you can you can you can take a water hose and push stuff around outside, like dirt and and you know toys and stuff like that. But AC, how, if the water's oscillating back and forth, how does it even how does it work? Um, well. If you apply that concept, I guess, to this, well, when you flip the switch, one electron bumps into the next electron all the way down the chain and then instantly turns on a light bulb. It's like that idea where like you're sitting at the red light and you're like, and you've been sitting at that red light for like three cycles because like someone's like on their phone or like not paying attention. It's like if everyone just right when it turned green and everyone just stepped on the gas at once, you would all make it through. If everyone moved at the same time, you get through the red light. So when the f- switch gets flipped in the practical sense, you know, I, I was never the best at the theory side of electrical engineering. Um, so I'm going to throw that out there. But this is how I thought about it is when the f- switch gets flipped, it's instant in quotes because there's some delay, right? Because um, as things start moving, um, is not instant, but all the electrons start moving in that wire at once. You're not putting more electrons into that wire. The, well, I, I shouldn't say you're not putting more in. The net change of electrons in the wire is zero. Meaning one electron goes into it, one pops out the other side back into the battery. You mean in terms of like quantity? Yeah, in the quantity. Yeah. Well, and um, yeah, so... They go through that entire example, which is well. That's that they, they use that example to like justify that it's the EM the EM field or uh, or electrical uh, energy fields that turn it on. Whereas mm-hmm. you and they do it by having this explanation that a electron has to travel this huge circuit, and that's why it's not the electron that's doing it. Right, right, right. Which is exactly. completely. That comparison is false because the net change in the you're not forcing more electrons into that wire than that wire can handle. Well, and and yeah, the 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 speed at which an electron actually flows through a wire is very slow, really slow. So if okay, so if you wanted to tag one electron and then have it go through that entire yeah. Uh, what light second worth of wire? You'd be sitting there for a long time. It, it's, I can't remember the name for that that effect, but yes, because the electrons are moving. But the thing is, when they start moving, they they're all moving in the wire at once. So that's mm-hmm. why it lights up instantly. Yeah, it's a few meters per hour, right? I think that's yeah. It's it's very slow. The yeah, the drift velocity is what what it's called. Um, and you can make that faster with more voltage, which is why you get more current. So that's that's why I didn't like was that comparison because yeah. it wasn't a fair comparison of what's actually happening on the electron side. Like the actual flow of electrons wasn't properly set up because that's not how that it doesn't take a long time because the electrons got to go all the way around. That's that's why. Yeah, and that's that's sort of where the the concept um, falls apart, or at least like the misconception in the misconception part. Yes, because yeah. it's not the reason why it's instant isn't properly explained correctly it, uh, with that example. Well, and, and your instant is in quotes because it's not actually instant. Yeah, it's, and they even say it's not instant. They even say that there's a propagation delay. Um, yeah, and, and well, too, and, and given uh, Dave Jones from the EV blog has his whole, his own video watching all of this. So I, I walked through all that and Dave Jones 
points out a, a really interesting thing that's in there. So the the answer to the the question that they have that they p- propose there is is one divided by c, one divided by the speed of light is the answer there. But it's mm-hmm. only one divided by c if the spacing between the wires is one meter because they 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 conveniently didn't show the units in there. It's one meter divided by the, the speed of light. Um, even though, like, if you look at their their image that they have, like, detailing It does say this, one meter. It says one meter. It does. But the answer doesn't have one meter in it. And and it has to do with, um, you remember back in electromagnetism class or whatever, uh, transmission lines. Uh, mm-hmm. So with transmission lines, you have to take the spacing into account with with uh, when determining all this. So the answer is one meter divided by C is is the when the bulb will turn on effectively. So that's that's the almost instant time effectively. But uh, but so so th- there's there's another diagram that they that they show that's a, a really simple one that's a battery, a wire going over to a light bulb, and then a wire going back to the battery. Effectively, your ground wire, right? And uh, and and the the whole idea is to show the E and the B fields. Uh, in the wires, how they in the battery, how they interact, and how energy flows from the battery to the to the so- or the load, which is the light bulb, through the EM field, and that's really cool. But I kind of had a little bit of a funny gripe because uh, a lot of this feels like that person who's like, um, actually, you know, like that whole, um, actually, it doesn't flow in the wires. It flows in the EM field. Like, sure. Yeah, buddy. Like, cool. Like we got it. If you didn't know that it's a really interesting thing, but like, uh, so the, 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 the idea of like energy flowing out of the walls or the sides of the batteries and then flowing in the walls or sides of the load if we really wanted to get super pedantic about this and do even more like um actually like in their diagrams they're considering the battery to be a single point in space and then all the wires to have negligible resistance and then the light bulb to have a single point in space so their diagram that they have only applies if you if you start to boil this all down which hey that's exactly what we do on a daily basis we boil all this down to make it more simple so like even in their like this 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 is simplified diagram well yeah like even in their diagram they have to simplify it to make their point and that's the whole thing that i'm going at is like we've simplified electronics down to the level that they're at such that we can deal with them without having to work through all this madness and i say madness because it's it it's not intuitive and if okay so here's the thing that's funny at least in my experience i'm curious about yours parker we learned all of this in school i learned it in physics too specifically we revisited a small portion of it in my uh electromagnetism class that's it that's that's the total amount of all of this is I had to prove that I could do it for a physicist because the physicist was really, really, really specific about like pointing vectors and, and energy flow and things like that. But then as soon as I got to electrical engineering classes, like we never mentioned it. Uh, and yeah, and- I think actually the only time I, in an actual electrical engineering class is actually when I took solid state design. Because that covered uh, magnetism, and that was it. Sure. And I was like, I think maybe I think we did like a month on that. It was basically a refresher of what we learned in physics to make sure that we could apply it to electrical engineering, basically, and that was it. Right. Right. So yeah, like this whole concept of the right hand rule and like E cross B gives you your pointing vector and things. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, it's great and it's nice to know and it's 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 good to know when talking about like EMF and things like the pointing vector uh, of energy exiting a wire or traveling in whichever direction. Like these are these are important things to know. Uh, you know another thing that Dave Jones kind of harps on in this video is not talking about the skin effect and how that affects everything. Uh, but the the because that's how like, AC AC current functions is on on the skin effect yeah right right so the uh the idea so 
energy doesn't flow unless you complete the circuit. We're very the, we're going down to very basic yeah. concepts here. Yeah, right? you can't you can't we still don't have wireless battery technology yet. Right, right. So energy doesn't flow unless we complete the circuit. And the way we complete the circuit is we literally uh connect um conductors to from from our source to our load. And those that's the basics that I wish I heard from this video. Uh, but instead, it was like, these wires are not where the things live. Yeah, the, true. That's the, the wires are not where the energy exists. But that's how the energy uh, starts flowing. Like, we actually have to have moving electrons and moving charges yeah. to make this function. Exactly. Uh, it's just the energy is not transmitted directly down the actual physical copper. Yeah. Uh, so. You know what would be interesting, too? is my biggest hang up with this video is they also don't explain how so on the receiving end okay um or like how do these waves i mean i know because electrons moving create these waves but they just they just say these waves are created right it's not from the flow of electrons they don't say that um and it would be nice on the other end too, on like the load end, for them to explain how those waves get converted. In that instance, a light bulb, you know, the element or the tungsten heating up, right, to produce light. Um, explaining how the B and E waves get converted into that. If that's truly where the energy is coming from, they should be able to explain that. Yeah, I mean it's hard to do in a fourteen-minute video explaining something that like uh, yeah is, I mean, is sure, not common but, knowledge, you know. But that I, I think that would go a long ways to helping people understand this concept. Because um, actually, what I would like to see see is actually a breakdown of like if of like what percentages of of your energy. Let's say you're spinning a motor, okay. So you have you have your and let's just take like AC synchronous motor, and you have a load on it. How much of your energy is coming from the electrons jiggling around at sixty hertz? How much is from and how much is from the alternating E and B fields? What percentages those are? Like actually calculated out? Because I haven't actually seen that or did that in college. Didn't do that at all. I think actually, like, I'm actually thinking about this stuff back in college, and we never even talked about that. We talked about, like, if a wire has that blah voltage and, like, has this much current flow, what's the E, e and B fields? Like, calculate that. That's, like, it. Really? Like, I th did we even do any more than that? I can't think of anything. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, we touched on things of that sort in physics, too. Or it was physics too for me. It might have been something else for you, um, but but yeah, we, we we touched on these things, and I remember uh, coaxial cables in physics. We we did a lot of work on coaxial cables, and uh, that was that was about it. And but all of it was just yeah, calculate the E field and the B field and, and these things. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to actually look into because I don't know is how do those E and B fields convert into rotational energy in, in the case of a motor like i know how if you were treating it as the electrons flowing how that turns the motor i actually know how that works um well the flow of electrons creates a magnetic field which has attraction to the rotor right yes but if most of your energy is in the e and b fields and not in electrons flowing then how is that E and B field being converted into rotating energy? Basically, I can see that getting very complex very fast. I know. I. I that's why I'm, I'm interested in it. Like almost, almost so much so that it's like, uh, like you would you would need some kind of really interesting finite element analysis software to like diagram and show a 3D model oh. of all the fields, right? I wouldn't even say that we would actually have to hard calculate it. I'm just saying like, oh, let's look at like what percentages, like what percentages actually the electrons doing the work? 
what percentage is the E and B? And the E B field would be some ratio. Actually, that probably there is a ratio probably between all three of those. Actually, is what's actually going on. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what that's what I was looking at. I, I was hoping at the end of the video, I was hoping to see that, like how these E and B fields, like actually do the work, right? Because not everything is, you know, not not everything works on magnets. <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah. Yeah, I think that was like the though. Actually, yeah, I take that back. Actually, thinking about it, pretty much everything works on electronic wise. Everything works on a charge differential, which is the magnets. When you think about it, so never mind. Forget about, forget about what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 I think even those those who are probably steeped in this a bit more, even from just listening to us, can be like. Yeah, obviously we we just took it in physics too, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, we, we're not we're not necessarily speaking with a huge amount of authority on this, but that's the whole thing. Like, do we need to have a, a super intimate knowledge of it that such that we could pull this out at any point in time? Is that necessary for a double E? And the answer is, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I mean, don't think we're so still either. able to get our jobs done. You know, I, it, it really depends on what you're doing. And if, um, if if what you're designing actually this this effect starts mattering, which is probably the uh, I you know I've never done any of it, but probably the RF. We, we always say RF engineers know the voodoo. This is probably the voodoo. Oh well, yeah, this yeah, there's for sure. When you start talking about transmission lines, I'm like, <laughs> oh. Uh, I I have bad memories of those back in in school, but, but it's this also is, this isn't even like the voodoo in terms of like if you know this you now uh, now it changes anything. This doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't this change just, anything. This is literally just saying like the energy flows in a different way than you thought, or than perhaps you've been told before. Yeah, and so before I jump into what I'm about to say is. Uh, Deathcon in Twitch chat says, I just opened up my physics two lecture notes from two years ago, and I'm glad we don't do this every day. Bingo. Exactly. So, but what I was going to say is I, I, I'm picking apart the video. I might be too, being too harsh on the video because the, the reasons this the presenter gives that breaks, like it's the flow. The whole idea is the presenter is trying to dispel... That's the electrons doing the work, okay? Which is true, okay? Right? It's the it's the EB fields. Right? Well, the electrons started, and then EB fields. I, yeah, I was about to say like it's all connected. You can't say it's one all or it's the It's all connected. Other. But th they go through like at the very beginning with like saying the electron has to go all the way around in this big copper wire before it lights up the light bulb. That's not how electrons flow in a wire. It's, it doesn't have to wait that one to go all the way around. I mean, it's just, it's a Congo line in, in that wire. <laughs> um, but um, on top of that, they were talking about how transmission lines have transformers, which are air gaps. And so that electron can't make it all the way. Well, yes and no. The transformer is just coupling another electron to itself. So it's moving another electron. So it's not like it's magically, you know, not moving an electron around. It still is. It's still it's still it's still jiggling at 60 hertz. That's all of electronics. It's yeah. the movement of charges. Like that's yeah. everything, right? And so or or well, partially. There's also movement of holes. Uh, <laughs> uh, no 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 no. I was looking this up earlier today. Um charges and and in semiconductor physics, holes are I'm using big air quotes here, charges. They're just yeah, lack you're charge. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. There are charges. I was thinking charges as just electrons, but you're right. No, yeah, because um, because uh, like it's not just electrons that that are electricity. It's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time it is, but like it, you know, if you move something else that has a charge, like that's current too. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um so, 
yeah so like the the explanations that they, they're the presenter was just trying to break this notion it's it's it can't be electrons because there's air gaps and it would take you know three seconds or two seconds for like electron to go around this big wire and it's just like well that's just that's not how that part of the of the physics work though yeah which is my biggest hang up with it I could see what you're talking about because there's a section about where they're talking about AC current and he talks about how he, oh, he has to a teach chain, AC current. Yeah. Which and is they, actually a really, and he even says it's a really good, uh, really good um, visual aid of how it works. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, but it doesn't work this way or that's all wrong. No, not really. That's the thing that, yeah. that like, okay, it depends on how you define wrong. Like, if you are extremely strict, then sure, it's wrong. Uh, but it's, I don't think it's helpful or useful to be that way. Because, like, not- I guess the, the, like, the takeaway from this video, if you think about, like, your house being powered from a, a power plant, it's like, yeah, there's transformers in between your you and your house, so it's not flowing through there. It's these magical lines that extend out of the power plant and go to your house because that's the oh, EM I'm totally going to draw that as the... <laughs> See, As like our that's, <laughs> that's so not useful. That's like that's not really useful unuseful. And the problem is like somebody who like might just be like cruising through YouTube and like big misconception about electronics, and then they see that and say they're a hobbyist level electronics person trying to get into it. Now they're super confused. Now they're just unbelievably confused because there's like this magic like world out there where power flows through it, or sorry, energy flows through it, and no there's no connection between like yes this is how it works but nobody does it this way yeah it's um it's how like if you go if you if you live near high high power transmission lines and you hold a fluorescent light bulb out it'll light up right because that's it that's the light bulb basically or the fluorescent interacting with the uh the eb fields Probably the E field, not the B field. I don't think they're magnetically coupled. Um, but it's, I, I would, I would, I would say actually, if people watch this, they might be even more afraid of like power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because because it could be flowing through me and not the wire that I exactly. Connect. Yeah. Um, which, which is I that, suppose very, is technically correct, right? It is technically correct. It's very interesting to think about how much like. Uh, how much power is just being like radiated around all the time? Oh, and just gosh. you just happen to not be conducting it because you're because <laughs> you're not hooked up to it, <laughs> right? So, mm. Craft Lab in the chat brings up a good point. Um, we still use Newtonian physics. We use it because it's useful. Um, you could make a video saying, "Well, actually, Newton was wrong," but who who cares, right? Um, the math is useful and there's plenty of situations where Newtonian physics falls apart and is wrong. Uh, but we use it because the parts where it does work, it is very useful and it simplifies things. Yep. Yep. It, it, it works when stuff is normal or human sized, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, when stuff gets really, really big or really, really small is when it doesn't really work. Or, 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 I mean, I'm sure you've heard the word non-Newtonian um, fluids, like ketchup oh, yes, is a yes, non-Newtonian yes. fluid, right? It doesn't yeah. follow the rules, but, and right. that's human size, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. There's one edge case. Well, doesn't, no, <laughs> Newtonian physics is really elegant and works well, f- like for planets. Like it's pretty easy to calc- calculate, um, you know, how fast you have to go to orbit a uh, a planet, you know, what is it? Uh, G M one M two over R squared. Oh, the, you know, two body problem, two body problem, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Newtonian physics works fantastic for that. And, you know, using Newtonian physics, we got some people to the moon. Uh, like it's because it's useful because we do it that way. But like, I guess you could just, um, actually, and, uh, and then screw everything up. <laughs> so. I'm sorry, not screw everything up, but make it more confusing than it needs to be. Yeah, so I I, I want to see a video that dives into more into I guess the engineering side of like how do these fields actually generate work? Mm. I because we I, have formulas because all our formulas that describe 
how energy turns into work, deal with current. Because you're treating the energy flow, the electrons, as the things doing work. Um, I, actually, I guess what you do is you take, you probably take those same formulas and then instead of amperage, there's probably some formula that does like the electron flow and what the EB fields go into that and then that equals amperage or something like that. It's, it's probably something like that. I think you're starting to ask um, much more difficult questions, like on like quantum <laughs> levels, you know? Maybe. And like high energy Maybe not quantum. things like that. Well, but like definitely higher physics three stuff. <laughs> physics three. <laughs> well, like uh, the whole the whole concept that like how does the uh, the electromagnetic field know that the source, like the battery or the load, exists? Like, how does it know those kinds of things, you know? And I think that's starting to get more into the quantum world. Well, so it's it's like one of those, like, what comes first, the electron moving or or the E-field? The that's answer what, is no and yes, yeah. right? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the answer is both, at the same time. right? Yeah, it's both. They both exist at the same It's like when the electron starts moving, it generates an E-field. But you also have to have the E-field to make the electron move. So. I think, well, it's more like when the electron moves, it disturbs the E field. Uh, You're right. Actually, yeah, because this is all about, I'm thinking about absolutes where it's actually relative. It's it's a flux. E field flux and B field flux. Well, then that, no, then that goes back to the electron traveling the big old wire. It's relative, right? Because... It's it's you're disturbing the electrons that are already in the wire. <laughs> right, right. But I guess yeah. the instantaneous uh what is it? Jolt? <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Like the second you connect the battery to this light second well, that's long potential. wire. Uh well the, the the second yeah, like that instantaneous moment like the E field in a way travels i don't know like now we're getting into now we're we're, we're getting to the limits of <laughs> what we could talk about no but, no that's what i was saying about earlier is like there's already old electrons if it's like let's say it's copper old electrons that that wire wants in its life is in that wire already and so when you push one electron into it another one's got to pop out the other side I, I think there's um, uh, plus minus conditions. Bit, right? Yeah, there's some conditions to that. I think you can, uh, you know, if there are holes, you can shove more into them. If there are more yeah, but shells available, in, in that's but how, but I get what you mean. Yeah, like that's how AC current, in quotes, works. Unquote. It's the EB fields, right? But how the electrons move is, yeah. And that's what and think about. The disturbance of the E field is the work that you're talking about, effectively. Yeah. Moving an electron through that field causes work. That's why AC current, uh, you know, the the um, it, it, it does work in both directions. It doesn't matter which way it's flowing, right? Hence why we use RMS for all of our AC calculations and yes. not average, because then you'd get zero for everything, right? Yeah, you get zero otherwise. Right. I don't know. Like, I would be really curious to um, if 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 people go check this video out and then give your thoughts in in our channel because we've talked yeah. about some similar stuff. Um, we we had a, a pretty nice conversation. Parker mentioned it earlier about AC versus DC just in general and like yeah. what does it mean. And, I thought uh, that, that conversation was a lot of fun, um, especially from like a like a just a definition standpoint. Because when Steven and I on the podcast or when you talk to other engineers, like when you have a steady, a steady state voltage, people will say that's DC. But then when you have a signal, people go AC, regardless of what the signal is. Sure. Or like, I guess your argument was if the signal is... and like on a scope is entirely in the positive quadrant and never no, 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 crosses. No, no. I'm, not, zero, I'm not even right? saying that is I'm just saying is what we generally say. And I do the same thing too. Like if it's a signal, you, I think it's also people 
uh, not people in general, but like engineers and electrical engineers in general will say, think of an analog signal as AC. And so this, this conception of regardless, if it's not steady state, then it's AC. It's a signal, right? It, it wiggles, right? Which is true, but when you actually dig into what the definition of alternating current is, it's a sync. It's a it's a it has to cross a zero point. Basically, the idea of, of AC, the definition of it is the a we were talking about the flow of electrons in a wire, meaning that the net position of an electron is zero in AC. In in like classic pure AC. And when you just say AC, so otherwise you have to have a different term for it, like noise. Some people will say noise is AC, whereas you know it doesn't have a zero cross point. So if you just took if you if you AC coupled it, it might be AC, right? It might be perfectly cyclical, you know, balanced. You mean? Ba- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 using other terms like uh, DC and ripple, is that is that AC with a DC offset, or is that well, DC that jiggles a little bit? <laughs> I think it's DC that jiggles a bit, <laughs> or you just call it ripple because that's actually what it should be called. Well, and and but it but it would also depend on what your reference point is. If you make yeah. the DC point your reference, then by the classic definition, you could call it AC. Yes, yeah. If you make that your reference, then yes, you're correct. Yeah. Um, but the data sheet's it, not going to call it out of that. No, no. So that that was a very interesting discussion we had in Slack about all this. Um, I will stand by if you're if you're going to pick zero as your reference point, so zero volts then AC has to cross zero at equal amplitude, basically. Um, but if you pick DC, if you have a DC with a AC ripple on it, you have, to, you have to be able to measure that. If you're going to call it AC, you have to measure it at your, at your offset. So you can be technically correct both ways. Isn't engineering fun? It's fun because we can argue about the most simple of things, right? Well, we think they're simple. Um, or not simple, I guess, in terms of how does an E and B field actually do work on like produce? I, I need to look into that. I want to see how does how do we take a a like let's say a light bulb, and how do you expand that out to be the E and B field as well instead of just current? Hmm. Like what? What is more to Ohm's law? What's what? What? What are you? I. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to put off uh, talking about bench equipment to next week because we're already <laughs> at forty three minutes. Put, put it off this. two weeks in a row. Yeah. 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 I've, I. I don't know. I felt like this would be. Uh, a good topic to to cover. The, so, uh, as as just a general recap, the video is all correct. Uh, the the yeah, things the in there are factually correct. The the gripe I have is I think that there wasn't enough chat about this is not the way we do it. I agree there, and also I will put on the reasons why the presenter says they're not correct are incorrect, <laughs> or needs more. Uh, definition or or more work. Yes. Yeah. Or explanation. Let's just put it that way. I think maybe. But the the two reasons that the presenter gives that is it's not the electron doing the work are is wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be fun to have a physicist on who lives in this world and wants everything to be this world to kind of like chat about. Are two yeah, th- th- I would get my answer on what what's more to Ohm's law and what's more to like. I want to know how those fields would really affect. Let's say if we had to cal- if we wanted to calculate it out that way, how would that change our our uh, what you say realm? Yeah, sure, realm kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
the I, I just don't think like these these concepts are difficult because we don't we're not steeped in them every day. Oh, nice. Craft Lab says next topic: the electromagnetic weak theory, and if we will ever achieve the grand unified field theory. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, I've seen some like proposed grand unified field theories, and like the single equation for grand unified field theory is like, you know, twenty pages long for just like this equals that kind of thing. Uh, I myself uh, on a. I personally don't believe that we will reach grand unified theory. I think that there will always be mysteries in the universe for us to continue to uncover. You know, I, I was actually um, back when the uh, is it the boson was discovered, like actually measured and and discovered. That was like what five six years ago, something like that. Oh, point. you mean the uh, uh, the Higgs boson? Higgs, yeah, Higgs. Yeah. Um, when that was finally measured, because they knew about it, they just couldn't measure it and, and see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was theorized to exist. Yeah, theorized to exist. Um, so when, back when that was happening, I was thinking about this. And because what, what ends up eating a lot of like theoretical to practical is, is parasitic drag, right? Resistance, impedance, capacitance. All this other stuff that that is really hard to measure because it's so small. Well, what if that kind of stuff also exists? It probably does. This is just me completely bullshitting everyone out there. <laughs> okay, I'm this curious. is just what I was thinking about. Is on a small enough level, those kinds of things probably still exist, and so that's probably why these grand unified equations field theories just don't end up panning out because you have to take account of all that stuff whereas when you get to a big enough scale those forces kind of wash out right i guess yeah and so when you get to that we were talking about earlier about newtonian physics where like if you get really really big and really really small newtonian physics don't work right Oh yeah, it's it's kind of like an, on a on a much more like simple level. If you make a paper airplane and you throw it, it'll fly. But if you make a paper airplane out of paper the size of a seven forty seven, ain't gonna fly because things are different at that scale. Well, that's what I was I was trying to explain that to myself like five six years ago. Yeah, and I never even looked into it past me just like like having a glass of whiskey and staring into a fire, right? I was just thinking to myself deep thoughts <laughs> and I was like, well, that's actually probably to myself. I was like, that's probably actually what hangs it up is when you start getting to those extremes of size, basically other forces that you wouldn't really have to pay attention to start to take more, start to affect more. It's like when you talk about like high speed data signals and stuff and, and on circuit boards. Most of the time when you're doing with low speed, even like, you know, up to like a couple hundred megahertz or like actually even higher than that, like you can probably go up to like 600. Anyways, besides that, you start to have to worry about impedance of your traces. Or worrying a lot more about them. Or worrying a lot. Well, because it always exists, mm -hmm. but it only starts to affect when you start going to one extreme. Let's say you're starting to crank frequency up. And so now you have to start you start seeing more reflections in your signal lines and that kind of stuff. So you actually have to and start propagation delay. Your yeah. traces to your memory have to be synced in time. Yeah. So once you start cranking those knobs up, you just have to start adding in. You can't just use Ohm's law. You have to use impedance now to cac to run your equations. That's probably more simplified. There's probably some, I don't know if we have any actual theoretical physicists that listen, um, but I hope there are because I'm hoping that my ideas it's probably never, it's probably been totally thought of, but like my understanding of it, I'm hoping is close is that there's other forces that are either really hard to measure or we don't fully understand that start taking more effect in physics. So you can probably have, a, as you would say, a 20-page equation that 
actually covers everything, but you have to understand every single one of those pieces mm-hmm. and where 99% of the time you don't have to worry about it and Newtonian physics works. I think, I think the, the big goal is um, instead of having this massive equation that has a bunch of addition terms where it's like this thing plus this thing plus this thing, you know, 500 times equals the world uh, where, you know, if you're considering some aspect of the equation, everything else goes to zero such that your one addition term that you care about is the thing you're calculating. That doesn't feel as elegant as what I think the grand unified theory people want it to be. They want it to be this one thing that's not just a whole bunch of strings of individual addition terms. They probably want something that's E equals MC squared, something like that. Well, I mean, it would be amazing if if the world was that simple. Um, But but yeah, I mean, that's what people would like. I think humans would enjoy having something where it's like, we can explain everything like like this way. It's going to be some 20-page equation that is solving for every single kind of force that's out there basically. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then uh, like, again, it gets a little depressing is, because it comes that way. When <laughs> you think it is, I think it's awesome. Um, but what, what, and that's the way it is, is your Ohm's law isn't going to change if that exists because in that ginormous equation is Ohm's law somewhere drifts in there, right? All of it. Everything is in there. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. So, but I think I, it would be so it would be so unbelievably massive and complex that it wouldn't be useful. It would just it would almost be like a giant exercise in we did it. Like we understand. <laughs> it's not saying it's useful. But it's a really good way of understanding how everything interacts with each other. Mm. Right. And I think that's very important. Oh, for sure. I think we should continue to uh, explore those boundaries as you know, as far as we possibly can. So, so that was the MacFab Engineering Podcast, and we were your hosts, Parker Dolan and Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy.